There's a question that I get asked a lot, and it's when do you start praying with someone? Couples who pray together, the divorce rate is ridiculously low, less than 1%. If you're in a relationship that's leading to marriage, it's a crucial time to begin praying together about your shared life to come. Welcome back to the Dear Future Husband podcast. I'm your host, Christian. And whether it's your first time listening, or you've been listening for a while now because we are in our second season. Thank you guys very much for making that possible. Here's the thing. I believe in praying for your future husband quite unashamedly. Now, if you're listening to this podcast around marriage, it's safe to presume that you would like to be married one day. But what if you think I do want to be married? However, I've seen people that are amazing separate. I don't want to date or marry the wrong person or have an unhealthy or unhappy marriage. What do I do? The wonderful redemptive news is that there is a way to safeguard your relationship. Forget the 50% divorce rate. Listen to this statistic. One in 1,500 couples that pray together will end up divorced. The statement's true. Those who pray together stay together. Now, prayer is powerful for us as individuals, but it's also transformational for us as a couple. That's why I advocate for us girls here on this community that we should be praying for our future husband, or if you're married, be praying for your husband. So if you're thinking, I'm on board with this Christian, how do I start as a single woman, or I'm dating someone, when do we start praying together? We're going to answer those questions today because I'm bringing on a new friend, Scott Kadersha, who is a marriage pastor. He is an author, and he's actually written resources for you and the person you date or will date to pray together. I knew I wanted to have a conversation with Scott to answer some of the questions you guys have around praying with and praying for the person you will be with, but I also want to bring him on because of this line in his 100 Prayer Devotional where it says, the best time to start praying for your marriage is before you say, I do. Well, Scott, thank you for joining. Welcome to the Dear Future Husband podcast. It's fun to have men on the show <laughs> and just uh, bring the husbands on to talk about the husbandly things. So thank you for being an advocate and a voice. Yeah, thanks for inviting me on. I'm so good to be here with you. You know, what's funny is um, I showed this a little bit when we connected, but it's almost a happenstance meeting for us. But I did see a conversation, I believe it was on social, and you were just talking about divorce rates and how there's actually, um, I believe my generation calls it like the secret sauce, the glue, something yes. that can connect us and really affect, you know, the 50% divorce rate and almost eradicate that. And that's prayer. You yes. wrote on this, you have the conversations version, and then you have this prayer guide. And we are yeah. huge fans here of praying for your marriage and specifically praying for your future husband. So I'm really excited to pick your brain along this topic, but I want to ask first, honoring your wife here, how long have you been married and what was it that drew you to her? Yeah, well, she's awesome. So my wife's name is Kristen and we've been married for 22 years. So I'm a marriage pastor now. I work at a great church in awesome Waco, Texas. It's called Harris Creek Baptist Church. But before I was a pastor, I was a physical therapist. And so I go through PT school and in PT school, it's three years long. And then towards the end, you do these two-month internships. So really amazing hospital, a place called Shepherd Center. And I go up, they tell me where to sit. And I sit down on this mat 
And, uh, and then this woman walks by and she introduces herself to me. She says, my name is Kristen. I'm going to be your clinical instructor for the next two months. And I was not a Christian at the time. I'm pretty sure I cussed like under my breath because I was like, oh, she's hot. And, uh, <laughs> my initial attraction was for, you know, all the external purposes. She's really attractive. She was absolutely not attracted to me in, in any way. She's like, who's this intern I have to work with today? Yes. She thought I was funny and we had a great time together and I was a good student, which helped. But I was I was just a young idiot punk. She was a brand new follower of Christ. Long story short, we started going to church together, partly because I thought she was cute because I still had a crush. But we really developed a great friendship and we had a, a group of you know, guys and gals that we hung out with, went to church together. Spent a ton of time together. We were like friends, the TV show friends, but we were the Christian version of it. And, and over time, she started to become attracted to me in turn. And so we uh, we dated as brand new believers. It was super unhealthy in every way. We crossed physical, emotional boundaries. And then we broke up. We both got really serious about Jesus. And I thought we would never, ever get back together. Like Taylor Swift original, we are never, ever, ever, ever getting back together. Like never. And uh, about six months later, she actually asked me out. And uh, and I was a little bit skittish just because we didn't date well the first time. And she broke my heart and I was an idiot. And But so we grew so much over those six months. And uh, and it was totally different the second time we did it. Uh, it was pretty quick from there. We knew we were going to move towards marriage. All of our friends celebrated us getting back together. And so got back together, proposed. I got married and it's been an amazing 22 years. We not perfect, but we, we love being married to each other. Congratulations. This is a neat perspective too, because you hear of people that did it wrong and there's redemption. You hear people that had a relation before, but you actually get to live out both sides of that equation. And to me, I'm curious, there's a question that I get asked a lot and it's when do you start praying with someone? Because mm. we all know about soul ties. You don't want to be emotionally or, or spiritually connected to someone before there's commitment. Um, yes. you, you know, that, that is a uniting thing, but you do want to enter into a marriage. Well, you said this on the PDF I was sharing it earlier. I just had to jot it down. So I was like, Oh, this yeah. is a great segue into this question. You put, if you're in a relationship that's leading to marriage, it's a crucial time to begin praying together about your shared life to come. So what, when did you guys start praying together? Was it in that latter term of dating? And what do you advise to people, your kids, or uh, anyone in your church? When's that sweet spot? It's such a great question. So let me answer that a little bit of our story is that we went, uh, we got married in 2001. I started working as a marriage pastor in 2006. And so I'm doing marriage ministry and for a really long time. I'm telling people all the time, hey, you need to pray together. It's something that God wants for your marriage. It will draw you closer together. All the reasons. But meanwhile, we're being really hypocritical and we're not doing a good job of praying together as a couple. And so uh, we went through you know, the first 18, 19 years of marriage and we'd pray really inconsistently together. We would go through kind of fits and starts, ups and downs. And I felt like a hypocrite. And I also knew that like we weren't praying to gain God's favor. God loves us no matter what. But I'm like, I think we're missing out on something in our marriage. We're missing out on this deeper intimacy with each other where you know, we both love the Lord and we love each other, but we're just missing out. And so I finally got 
tired of being such a big hypocrite. Uh, there's one side of it. The other is I read this statistic in a study that said that couples who pray together, the divorce rate is ridiculously low, like less than 1%. And so I go, okay, I, we both want it. I know Christian wants me to, to initiate and lead in prayer, and I'm not doing it. And I think it's incredibly beneficial for our marriage and our relationship with Jesus. And so we we just got to a point finally where I said, okay, we're going to make this a priority, and we we finally lived it out and stopped being so hypocritical, and uh, and it's been so sweet for our marriage. Like I would always say, we've had a really great marriage, but it's just different level now where we know more of what's going on in each other's hearts. We are connected. We make it a priority. She loves she loves it when I when I lead her well in that. I think that's a desire for you know I want to say for all women, but I think. Most every woman I've ever met who loves the Lord really wants their husband to lead them, you know, in prayer and to to not be so resistant to it. And so I know it's like highly encouraged her, and it's grown our marriage from a, from a great marriage to a, to an even better marriage. And we're not perfect. I don't want to like we we're still I'm still a, a jerk at times and short and lose my temper and you know I'm not. I'm not this perfect guy, even though I'm a marriage pastor and desire to lead her well, but it has grown our marriage so much. So that's, that's a little bit of personal testimony. And then your question about like, when should a couple start praying together? First thing. Yeah. I mean, well, I always used to be of this mindset, like don't pray together until you get married because it's so personal and intimate. Some people would say it's more personal and intimate than sex. I don't agree with that necessarily, but it really is personal and intimate. And so it's always like, you don't want to, you, you want to guard each other's hearts. You don't want to awaken love before it so desires, you know, Proverbs 4, 23, and then Song of Solomon multiple times. And so it was always like this, that's the thing you don't do. Somewhere in the last few years, I started to change what I believe a little bit because I saw so many couples get married and not know each other spiritually. And it's almost like you wake up and I'm married to somebody I don't know who they are. They, they say they love Jesus, but they really don't. And so I've shifted what I what I believe that I think couples can pray together and should pray together before marriage. But you want to do that in a certain way with the right motive. Like you don't pray in each other's, you know, in somebody's apartment with the lights off and romantic music and candles. It's not a gateway to intimacy. Don't. That's right. Like don't be. Just don't. Like we know what you're trying to do. Yeah. So like, what's the motive? And and then. Are you praying to impress the other person? Are you praying to manipulate them spiritually? Or are you praying because you really do want to understand each other's hearts and and evaluate, you know, somebody's spiritual readiness for marriage? And so prayer can be a way that we do that. But like pray in public, pray, you know, with others around. Don't pray curled up on the couch together because that often leads you to make, you know, foolish decisions that when you're married pray together on the couch all the time. Like wherever, anywhere, anytime, it's fair game. But just be careful of it is what I tell couples. And so so I wrote the book because I don't think we know how to pray. And so the the book is 100 Prayers for Couples, and it's it's written for dating and seriously dating and engaged couples, also great for married couples. But it's, it's like 100 prayers to become more like Jesus. And so we're praying these attributes. Like we prayed yesterday, uh, we're going through the book together now, even though we're married. And we prayed yesterday that we would be desperate for the Lord. Two days ago, was we prayed that we'd be steadfast. The day before that, we prayed that we'd be holy. And when we do that, it's like, I'm praying 
that I would be holy, that I'd be steadfast, that I'd be desperate for Jesus, and that Christian would be those things, and that our marriage would be marked by those things. And so all I'm trying to do in the book is to, to encourage and help develop couples so that they can learn how to pray for themselves or significant other and for their marriage. It's like a recipe book, you know, let the people cook for your giving them ingredients, places to start. I love that. I think it's really good. And, you know, if anyone is confused or there, it seems like such a fine line of when to start. I like to say, you know, even before you start praying together, if it is an early stage of dating or you are single, go ahead and start praying for that person because, you know, you can pray. Pray for those that bless you. Pray for those that curse you. Pray for the one that you're going to be with, the one that you date. I've had some people come to me and say, I started praying for this person and it showed me things about myself. It enhanced Mm -hmm. our relationship or it showed me, uh, it gave me clear eyes to see them and that, as you were alluding to, they were putting on a facade or their spirituality was something they just wanted to show me. So I think prayer is, um, it's wisdom. It'll help us see things clearly. It'll help you understand each other. And yeah, like you said, we just don't always understand the necessity of that in the essence of doing it well and what it will do for us in each of those stages. And going back to marriage, like you said, I was there too. I prayed so hard for God to bring me my person because did dating unwell. I did singleness. We felt so alone and just like, God, only you can bring me my person. And then you do. And it'll be glorifying to you and I'll give you all the glory. And then you get married and you're like, wow, thank you, God. Uh, I receive it and I'm happy. But we forget. Yes. He brings us that connection. We have to remember that he also keeps us connected. And I love that you wrote this and that this is something of your heart because I believe that First Thessalonians model of pray without ceasing needs to be true in our marriage as well. And we do not pray then receive. We must pray to keep also. So yes. that, as you were saying, is, I think it is that secret sauce. It's that glue, that 1%. How do we get to that? It is through prayer and being of a place of praying for this person, having their heart, understanding them. And also, my husband and I this week went through something that was a little bit hard. And I saw Mm -hmm. his heart for me, even without me explaining where I was, even without conversation for hours, which conversation is very helpful. But we just had that heart tethering where I knew he was for me. He knew how to comfort me. If you would, I would love to hear a little bit about how you've seen through couples or with your own marriage. You know, as you said, you have a great marriage, but there are highs and lows for everyone. Sure. Um, survey state, I was reading earlier that every couple will go through a hard time, if not more. So yes. how does prayer help us go through those better as individuals, but also as a couple? And do you yeah. have examples that you're willing to share that? Yeah, let me give one thought, and then I'll. And then I'll um, for couples who are dating and engaged, and who like who read this book and or praying together, what what I hope is it helps you see, either I'm not ready for marriage. If this is what it calls to be, you know, to be uh, somebody who's going to thrive as a husband or wife, like I want to know what those things are, and I want to evaluate: Am I those things? And am I dating or engaged to somebody who is those things? And so sometimes you might go through it and you go, we need to break up because I'm not ready. We're not ready. And that would be like, that's painful, right? You talk about things that are tough. If you're together with someone for a while, you know, it's hard to break up. But if it saves you from a miserable life together as a married couple, that's like one of the benefits of my job is I get to see 
couples all the time who are just so miserable. And so like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that. And if it spares you of a, of a miserable life together as a couple, then breaking up could be the best thing in the world. It could be the best gift. But then, it, you know, in our marriage, th- there have been like some of the toughest seasons we've walked through. Uh, we tried for a year to get pregnant and couldn't get pregnant. And I would never say that we struggled with infertility because I- I've walked alongside of so many who have for long periods of time. But there were times when we were like, okay, God, why, why did this seemingly everyone else get what they want and we don't? Mm-hmm. Uh, we had twins first. And after we had our kids, after she had them, um, it was a really, really difficult season in our marriage of no sleep. And one of the, one of the boys was sick and, you know, we didn't have money. We didn't have community, no family. And this is where I'd say, I wish I had done it differently. I wish we had turned to the Lord more. We went through a really big decision a few years ago to move our family from a a church community we loved in Dallas to, to a new home in Waco. And what I love is that you know, as we sought the Lord together, we were able to make that decision with, with a confidence that we were each seeking Jesus. And there are other ways you can discern that, but through prayer, that was the most powerful way that we were able to discern. This is what God wants for us. So uh, it's never too late to start. That's a good thing. Yeah, we're, we're 20 years in and, and we're finally got some good funding beneath us. And I wish we started it 23 years ago before we even got married. Anything that we think we can't go through, I've always been delighted to see how, even in a moment, that just entering the court of heaven, just having, be like, Jesus, I can't do this alone. I need you. He can come into any situation. For some people listening, that may be um, singleness is my, I need you, Jesus moment. Um, So start praying. And I know I sound like a broken record of people that are continually listening, but I've just seen especially how my singleness was transformed through praying for my future husband, how dating was just so much clarity. A little bit of our story, we dated for three months before we got engaged and then we're engaged for four months. And every time I say that out loud, I think, man, those are two crazy kids that don't know what they're getting. (laughs) And there was a lot of discovery in that first year, even if, I mean, we did start praying while we were dating and engaged then you're like you just see so many facets of this person and it can be a beautiful discovery if you've started that well you know the soil you're working with and you just keep uncovering more gold but you alluded to something earlier i just don't want any woman and i don't want them to be blindsided that's right when they thought they knew again the book's called ready or not you have a 12 conversations version and a hundred prayer devotional they're both on amazon uh the last topic i want to touch on is this is applicable for single dating or marriage. But the four top arguments that couples have through research mm-hmm. is shown to be money, communication, family, and intimacy. Yes. You might be in the same boat, but the most questions I get from married individuals on this um, platform is the first year married couples that say, man, we're navigating in-laws, we're navigating jobs, we're navigating intimacy, and we just don't know where to start. And my hope is that having some knowledge on these conversations, you have a better understanding of yourself, but having conversations and prayer together, you go into these preemptively knowing, oh, I know your thoughts on this. We know what we have decided. We have boundaries. But I want to ask you, because you've covered both of these in your book, how can these conversations and prayers around these both in singleness and dating 
equip us to better approach these? So good. Yeah. So the first book I read, The Ready or Not, 12 Conversations, came out in 2019. And in that, I wanted couples to have like a framework to have conversations about the most important topics. And so it's 12 areas and four that you said, right? Either money, sex. Uh, and so I broke up intimacy into emotional, spiritual, or physical intimacy, communication, conflict, family and in-laws. Uh, do we want kids? Um, uh, what else is in there? Uh, roles in marriage. How do we deal with our differences? There's so many big topics that like a lot of times couples just don't talk about those things and where they talk about all the wrong things and not the right things. And so what I want to see couples do is to like have intentional guided conversations where you're talking about things that matter and so that you can evaluate before you get married so that you know, okay, am I ready? Is this other person ready? Are we ready to jump into this huge commitment of what marriage is? And then let's not just read about it and discuss, let's pray about it as well. And so that's the, the hope through the books. And one, one cool thing I've been able to be a part of in all my years of marriage ministry, yeah, specifically about you know, newlyweds, mm-hmm. is I get to work with newlyweds. So even your uh, uh, cousin, right? Isn't Greg your cousin? Is that the right? Well, Maddie's my cousin. So yes, Greg's yes. my cousin, but I was like yeah. technically cousin-in-law, but yes. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. I forgot it was Maddie. So Grant and Maddie are newlyweds and they're in a new, we do these things called newly married life groups where we put newlyweds together in a life group with a married mentor couple who's further down the road. And four of the things that they talk about all the time, we have a curriculum and they're exactly the things you talked about, Christian, of like, yeah, you need to talk about money and sex and communication and family. And so if we know couples are going to struggle in those areas and they're going to argue why would we not address those things proactively from the beginning? Like what if we, before the problem started with communication or intimacy, let's like, let's figure out how to do that really well so that there's not problems. And if there are problems, we can raise our hand and ask for help instead of waiting for the wheels to come off. And so like, we've seen that consistently in couples who I work with, who are married for decades and who are struggling, it almost always comes back to those things. Money is a mess. Uh, they don't know how to communicate and manage conflicts. They're, they present each other's families and then they're looking at porn and unfaithful and haven't had sex in a long time, like a sexless marriage. And so it almost always comes down to those things. And so I, I want proactively couples to discuss, address, learn, and pray about things that really matter before, before the wheels come off and before there's major problems down the road. So good. Well, on behalf, as a family member, thank you for doing that for people I love and um, couples everywhere too. There, I mean, this is probably going to sound curt, but it's true. I think there's an arrogance for when we enter marriage and we think, well, I, I know what I've been looking for. I know what I believe. So I've got this. But right. it's just such, such a learning curve for everyone. Oh, man. I'm like, if we can get this wisdom, I, I remember sitting in some of the services when I was a single Christian and they're like, this is a marriage topic, but all the singles listen. You're like, you're just saying that. So I don't get up and leave, but it actually is. No, this is foundational and will help you. The more you receive, like, it's just like new parenting. Like there is a God given intuition, especially as a mother, but there's also a lot of wisdom that come with mentorship and just having community. So if you're listening to this and any of this resonates, I would encourage you 
find a mentor, find someone to pray oh. with. I prayed with a girlfriend when I was single. I was like, let's pray for each other's future husbands. And I love that. just led to this beautiful um, journey that could have been a little bit more tainted or I could have been more cynical. I found joy in something that I had questions around. And I believe that's true for every area. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I feel like both of us could talk of this topic topic for much longer, but I want to ask you one rapid fire question before I... Okay. Come on. Talk a lot about purpose and especially individual purpose and then the desire to get married, but we don't talk a lot about the purpose of marriage and how that actually is a connection point. So real quick, how would you describe the purpose of marriage? Yes. Okay. So theologically, I mean, I really believe this with everything in me that God has given us marriage to be the best picture of his love for us is that marriage is to be a picture. It's Ephesians 5.31. It's a picture of God's love for the church and the way that God loved us sacrificially and selflessly through his son, Jesus. If we're to be a picture of that, then we get to live that out in marriage, to sacrificially, selflessly love each other. And and ultimately, I hope it would always make the world wonder, how do you love each other like that? It's because we've been loved like that by the Lord. And it's a ton of fun if you do it right along the way. So that doesn't mean it's without problems, but God says it's not good for us to be alone. And so, uh, you know, not everyone will get married, but but it is a clear picture uh, that that marriage is intended to help us with our problem of isolation and loneliness. And a good God gave us a great gift. So that was probably wasn't rapid, but but that's a, such a good question. So thanks for thanks for asking. Hey, that. It's concise. It's to the point. I love that. I think it's a great definition. So Scott, thank you so much. Um, again, anyone listening, you're a part of Harris Creek Church. So if anyone's in Waco and needs a church, I say they can come visit you. Come on. And if they need a guidebook for singleness, dating, or marriage, can you tell them where to find your book? Yes. Yeah, so wherever books are sold, so Amazon, of course. And then my website, you know, so it's com. The good thing about my name, there's nobody else on the planet with my name. And so I get my own URL. So you can just Google it. And then the book called Ready or Not, and then the, the Ready or Not Prayer Guide is a second. That's awesome. I'm jealous. There are other Christian Bouviers at a warm 